This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to The Letter from the Bureau, a special series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm your host, ST's foreign editor, Bhagyashree Gareka. Now, The Letter from the Bureau is like a scenic detour from the raging news of the day. We talk about life as it goes on amid all the crises that break around us. I chat each month with one of ST's 30-odd correspondents in 15 cities across the Asia-Pacific, the United States, and Europe. And they share with you interesting trends and events unfolding in their countries. In our 20th episode, we are speaking with the Straits Times India correspondent, Debashi Dasgupta. It's good to have you on the show, Debashi. Thank you very much, Magya. It's lovely to be back here again. Well, it's the start of a new year, and I'm sure we've all set, you know, fitness goals for ourselves. And actually, this is one of the reasons that your recent column in the Straits Times uh, letter from the Bureau really struck a chord with me, Debashi. So you wrote about this very interesting phenomena that you see unfolding in India, the sari run. Right, right? that's true. Now, most of us would probably have seen at least a glimpse of the sari in the Bollywood movies, yeah? So you have actresses prancing around trees sometimes, trees and, you know, singing and dancing in saris. I don't ever recall them putting on sneakers and running. So, so tell us, you know, what's happening? Why are sari runs a thing now? Sari runs are, you know, becoming more and more popular in India, essentially because I think there are still many taboos around, you know, what a woman can wear publicly in public spaces, not as much in uh, big cities, but in smaller cities. And I think these women are going back, reclaiming public space, you know, even if it's in wearing a sari, because not everyone is comfortable wearing uh, fitness wear. So these women are running saris and um, marathons are reporting large number of registrations. One of the marathon uh, organizers called Jayanagar uh, Jaguars that I spoke with, they've seen their uh, registrations in the annual sari run that they organize in Bangalore jump from 115 in 2015 to almost about 2000 in September 2022. So it is uh, certainly a growing phenomenon, uh, not just uh, you know in, in Bangalore, but also in other parts of the country. And this uh, club is taking the sari run to other states now, including in Kolkata in March and Pune in Maharashtra in April. And then, you know, similar runs will be held in Chennai and Hyderabad. And this is besides, you know, other clubs organizing runs in many other parts of the country. So most interesting. And I find that hearkening and interesting. But what puzzles me a bit, I mean, sari is a traditional Indian garment and women wear it to offices. I know that plenty of people who visit India often say that they are surprised or they are glad that Indians do wear their traditional garments still, you know, in a matter of course. And of course, this is more visible if you travel out of the cities. Uh, but my question really is, why are women getting booed at for wearing saris? I mean, you know, we're used to seeing people in saris. Why do people think it's okay to heckle them because they are running in a sari? Right. So somewhere the idea has always been that the sari is a traditional garment, that, you know, you're not supposed to do contemporary, quote unquote, things while wearing it, for example, fitness. Yet, you know, the sari has never been, you know, a constricting garment when it comes to physical activity. Today, if you, uh, you know, are to go to any rural part of the country, you will see women wearing uh, the sari and, ex you know, and then working in fields 
or whether it's construction sites, for them, it has never been a restricting garment. And it's not just a question with uh, the sari, even salwar kameez, which is a loose-fitting, the tunic and trouser combination. We've had many women, middle-aged or elderly women, walking, brisk walking, uh, wearing salwar kameez in North India, where it's very popular. And they were, you know, booed by younger generations because, you know, you have these aunties, quote-unquote, exercising in public wear. So somewhere is this uh, notion that, you know, you have people who are not meant to be exercising publicly, first of all, exercising, and then exercising wearing garments that are not fit for exercising. So it, I think running in saris, when you see these women runners, hits at these two uh, you know, uh, stereotypes. I see. So now it starts to make sense. And yeah, I, you know, I, I suppose a bit of a culture war there and old things slashing with new things and maybe a bit of ageism kind of thing as well. A whole lot of things there. But now you're a man, you haven't run in a sari, presumably. But I have to ask, is it truly yeah. comfortable to run in a sari? I mean, you told us of women in the villages who can, you know, work in the fields wearing a sari. But, uh, you know, these are modern women, most of them. And these are urban women who probably in the context of Indian cities didn't grow up wearing saris. Not all of them anyway, but they, they are embracing it and finding it comfortable. What did the women you interview for your story say? You know, I want to uh, bring up somebody called Jayanti Sampath Kumar. She's uh, 49 and, uh, you know, she's a senior executive with a top firm, Google, in fact. So she's a Hyderabad-based uh, director. And she has been running in sari and wears a sari to work every day since 2017. And she told me something, you know, that has stayed with me very, very abidingly. She says, everything is a challenge unless you learn it right. So she said she had to look at different ways of draping the sari and find which over the years worked the best for us. So she drapes it the Madisar way. You know, one of the ways she drapes it while running. So basically, you drape the sari in the Madisar fit. It is tighter around your legs. So, you know, your stride is not restricted as much as, uh, you know, the conventional other way where the sari is more like a saron. So, mm. you know, it's, it doesn't limit you like a Japanese kimono would, you know, your stride. Right. So she is uh, uh, choosing drapes that are more amenable to running. And what she does is that she also uses handloom, which is, you know, mostly hand-spun cotton that, that's soft on the, mm. uh, the skin. She's not wearing silk or synthetic fabric. She's draping it in a way that uh, makes it more amenable to running. And then she told me that she's also oiling herself. She oils herself with coconut oil, she says, because if you're running more than 40 mm -hmm. kilometers marathon, that's a long distance. Mm -hmm. The sari, quote unquote, she said she can become a little suboptimal for running. What does that mean? That, you know, uh, the falls can loosen. Ah, you know, you're okay. running 40 kilometers is over two hours, yeah. three hours, you know. So the folds, yeah. uh, the way you tie it can loosen. So, uh, you know, it, it becomes a little suboptimal in that context. And then okay. what happens is that sometimes the fabric rubs against your skin. And if it keeps rubbing against your skin, at any one, uh, yeah, it, it you know can lead to a rash. So she has to oil herself. So uh, oh. you know, this is something that she has mastered. Uh, and she, in fact, was the first woman runner who made the record for running the marathon fastest in a sari. Right. So I, I recall you mentioned a woman who holds the Guinness World Record for running the fastest marathon in sari. Is that the woman you're talking about? Right. So she was the first one. I think she made that record in 2017, but that was then uh, broken by another woman. 
in uh, 2018. Uh, her name is Kranti Salvi. She ran the Berlin Marathon in three hours, 57 minutes, seven seconds, wearing a red wow. nine-yard sari. Wow. Okay. That really is very interesting. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now let's get back to my conversation with the Straits Times India correspondent, Debarshi Dasgupta. Now, there is, I believe, a commercial aspect to the growing popularity of sari runs. I mean, who are the kind of people who are interested in organizing these things and uh, are they exploiting it commercially somehow? There are a lot of running clubs and uh, these are aimed at essentially there is a wider fitness goal. Uh, one of the organizers of this marathon said that, you know, fitness is for everyone and everyone should be getting fit. And they said that, you know, the message that they want to send out to all women, you know, irrespective of the background, socioeconomic background, they said that whatever restrictions you may have, real or perceived, you need to take uh, your fitness in your hand. And that is the priority. So essentially, it is being aimed at everyone. But a lot of the people who are coming are elderly women, middle-aged elderly women, who have perhaps more disposable income, uh, working women. And he mentioned that, you know, CEOs and even house elves are coming and running together. So it's aimed at everyone. Overall, would you say that saris today are more popular than they were, say, in your mother's generation? Well, I have to be cautious about this because, you know, there's no data to back this. It's from what I see. I've, I've seen my mother wear a sari every day, but then my yeah. wife doesn't want to uh, wear one every day. So uh, logically, I'd say that fewer and fewer women are wearing the sari, but that doesn't mean that it is going out of fashion. Uh, there are many interesting ways in which uh, the sari is making a comeback. You know, there are new ways that companies are trying to make the sari more popular. We have something called the one minute sari, which is basically a semi-prepared drape that doesn't require women to fold the pleats or some of the other steps involved in wearing a sari that they may consider a hassle. So you just wrap uh -huh. the garment around your waist. It comes pre-prepared uh -huh. mostly. You clip it mm -hmm. with pins, then you wrap it around your back and drape it uh, over your shoulders. Then uh, there are other companies that are trying to popularize wearing the sari around jeans or wear it over a t-shirt instead of the tailored brows. And this is not just an Indian phenomenon. You know, mm -hmm. in other South Asian countries like Sri Lanka, there's a label called Urban Drape that, you know, has a sleek contemporary look of pairing saris with crop tops. In Pakistan, where the uh, sari was banned during the mm -hmm. dictatorship of Ziaul Haq, uh, late 70s and 80s, uh, a Pakistani brand called the Sari Girl is popularizing the sari to reclaim heritage and combat stereotypes around the garment, including that it is only worn by Hindus. Mm -hmm. And then we have an, another Indian brand called the Sari Sneakers, which basically puts out sneakers that a woman can pair. With the sari? With okay. the sari. And these are sneakers mm. with beautiful handiwork, sartosi, chicken curry, and basically mm. all the finery that you uh, associate with uh, saris. Fascinating. So it is it is coming back. But, you know, I think there's one point I want to make is that the responsibility of uh, maintaining traditions should not be an unfair burden of women alone. Absolutely. And there's one uh, anecdote that I want to bring up. And I think it was in 2018. Uh, we have a very famous fashion designer who's known for his saris, uh, especially bridal saris that are coveted by to-be brides. His name is Shabushachi Mukherjee. Mm -hmm. And he criticized in one of his public speeches, he said that Indian women who cannot drape a sari should be ashamed. And mm. he criticized women saying, particularly those in the younger generation who don't wear a sari and prefer wearing Western outfits or let's say salwar kameez. And his comment understandably led to a huge uh, outcry, you know, on social media. 
So mm. why should the responsibility of maintaining traditions just be a, a burden on women? What about men? Mm. For even me, you know, I I don't run marathons in the dhoti. Wearing a kurta or a dhoti, yeah, or yes. A dhoti, mm-hmm. yeah. A dhoti for the uninitiated is a type of a sarong which is fashioned out of a, you know, piece of unstitched cloth which is wrapped around the waist and the legs. So, well, speaking for myself, I have to say it's been more than 20 years since I last wore one. But now that I'm inspired by you, maybe I just might. Yeah. But on a more serious note, now the issue, and you talked about it, is fitness or even more broadly, women's health here, right? That's yeah, the exactly. larger theme here. Now, yeah. we know that India is going to overtake China as the world's most populous nation uh, yeah. sometime this year. So, yeah. is there any good news to share on Indian women's health related to this threat or otherwise? Uh, the fact that you're seeing more and more women uh, coming out and exercising, you know, whether in saris or any other active wear, is, is, a, is an encouraging trend because, as I point out in my story, the need to exercise has never been greater for Indians, uh, whether men or women. But more so for women because there have been constrictions and limits around exercising uh, for women in public spaces, whether it's access to gyms, whether it's women feel safe. So, for example, I'll, I'll just give you some government data. More than half, uh, 57% of women compared with 48% for men have a waist-to-hip ratio that puts them uh, at an increased risk of metabolic complications. Hmm. So, exercising for these women is critical. And also because 76% of Indians suffer from deficiency of vitamin D, which is uh, a micronutrient that comes when the body synthesizes, uh, when it's exposed to sunlight. So, mm-hmm. in such a context, A, you need to exercise. And B, you need to exercise outdoors. So what's the best option here? So running, because, you know, it's it's very affordable. You, all you need is possibly just a pair of sneakers or even, you know, you run in a pair of uh, sandals. So and you get out and you wear whatever you are comfortable with. You don't need active wear. You don't need expensive, you know, garments. You just put on your sari and you just run out. So I think it is... Uh, uh, an important trend, and it may seem frivolous to s- some people, saying that you know it's a passing fad. But I think it's it really, really hits at a fundamental problem in our Indian society. Thank you. On that sensible note, we call it a wrap for Letter from the Bureau. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you'd like to read Debashi's column, we have a link for you in our podcast description box. And you will also find there a link to other stories in our Letter from the Bureau series. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.